mystery and horror, the air itself is filled with monsters. Children of the night, what music they make. Well, hello, all you monster fiends, and thank you for joining us for another deep dive filled fact. No, deep dive factoid filled episode exploring Hollywood's most famous monsters. I am your master of ceremony, Sam, and I am joined as always by Dan from Bleeding Marvelous. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be one of those days. Oh, it? it is so bad. Gonna be one of those episodes. And speaking of one of those episodes, we are gonna take on a fairly new monster, a fairly sinister monster, one that people are not. I <laughs> I did it. Uh, one that people may not be too familiar with, but we are going to familiarize you with. No, I'm going to say it right. Bagul. There we go. Yes. Bless you. Oh, thank you. So I'll get the disclaimer out of the way with, and then we will crack on with this week's episode. Because believe it or not, kids, I've got some facts. I know. Shock horror. I actually did my homework in my new horror notebook. That's what it is. It's the magic of the notebook. It's the magic of the notebook. It got me. It got me doing my homework. Even though I've wrote episode 13, but <laughs> couldn't even finish the actual name of Blech. Yeah, but Mr. Blip. Yeah. Everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the comment section where we can have an open discussion. Or oh, what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. I feel that's going to be a theme running tonight, that I'm going to get one word out of a sentence wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll make up our own words. Absolutely. So, Bagul, also known as Mr. Boogie. 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 Mm -hmm. I liked Boogie better. I thought that was cool. <laughs> However, apparently, he has a surname. Bagul Johnson. I was just Bagul. about to say that. <laughs> and I was going to take the piss royally then. That was weird. Ugh. Yes. The pagan deity that serves as the main antagonist in the 2012 and 2015 movies, Sinister. You can't stop evil. You can only protect yourself from it. As we give you Bagul. Da, da, da. Da. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> it's less threatening, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> Google it. It's genuine, guys. Bagul in brackets, Johnson. <laughs> oh, I dread to think like with family trees. He come down from the Smiths and the, and the <laughs> Bakers and the. No. Oh, dig. <laughs> Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, so. Derrickson's got some questions I need to ask him. <laughs> Massively. <laughs> so, does Bagul Johnson make a good monster? I've been dreading this question. I've been dreading this question. Um, 
Okay, I need to separate this into two things to answer okay. this question. So, in the movie, yeah, no, in law, yes, right, because the principle of Buggle and what he does is horrifying. Yeah, um, and his backstory that they made up with his brother, that whole side of it, ugh. that ugh. is the one bit I have on my phone because I could not be asked to write it out. There's a lot. Was the Ma Malik? Malik? Malik. Malik. Yeah. The Malik part of it, where he's mm -hmm. Malik's, well, he's the brother of Malik, and they share a, a backstory. He mimics um, Malik's worship and child sacrifice rituals, um, but the, the mouth being gone is all through his brother's thing is, do you know, for a character... <laughs> <laughs> for a character that I actually find very interesting in the movie, there's not a lot about him apart from in it, apart from what you get from um Vincent D'Onofrio mm -hmm. is ancient, ancient Babylonian <laughs> The original Thor. And I will not have it said otherwise. Oh, I've just remember I've just thought I'm just getting your reference. Babysit. Yeah, Avengers and Babysitting. Ancient Babylonian pagan deity. Correct. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> from from <laughs> what I can gather, the backstory is supposed to be that uh, Moloch was worshipped uh, by a lot of the um, people. Uh, I don't know which kind, pagans, Aztecs, whatever they were. There's a lot. There's a lot of Christianity, a lot yeah. of folklore. There is so much wrapped up in it but the gist of it was he was the god of fertility so that meant not just about having children but he was also the bringer of food you know he was the crops dude you went to and said hello mister we want some crops and he goes all right give us your kids and <laughs> they went yeah okay here's our kids. yeah here's our kids so we can all have some food and he goes thank you very much nom 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 done right that was Moloch's that was his uh i'm not gonna lie up. i'd had me kid over for some, hour, for some <laughs> oh i don't know i don't know what and food this I'd is why i'm not a mother <laughs> just like chicken um <laughs> or long pig isn't it that's what they call long it um, yeah but yeah so from what i could gather uh buggle liked his brother's ideas and his thought processes so mm -hmm. he tried to mimic him but in doing so at that time he did have a mouth and he did have eyes but Moloch decided to punish him because he was taking away his sustenance his food by doing yeah. it so he sewed his mouth shut and he took his eyes um good call so so then he had to adapt any way he knew how, and that's how he is the monster that you see now because his brother didn't want him to follow the same path as he had because he was literally stealing his food. So from what I can gather. I'm not going to lie. It, people know me when I'm hungry and how awful I am, so I, I can see where he's coming from. Like I can get on board with that. because. <laughs> eh. Because I'd hurt someone if they got in the way between me and food. The only time I'd hurt someone is if I'm eating and someone takes something off my plate whilst I'm eating. I <laughs> stab you with my fork. Remind me not to pinch Dan's food. Actually, I would not never. I would never dream of doing that. Touch the 
Oh, when people come up and they go, oh, and they take a crisp off your plate, and you're like, no, 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 don't let's touch not. food. No. no, 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 let's let's not start World War Three over you touching my food in any shape or form, because it would actually happen. Um, so yeah, manipulates children to kill their family. That yes. is his goal. That is fucking genius on my part. Oh, well, not my part, but on his part. Um, <laughs> only because it's so fucking lazy. I love yeah. it. Yeah, no, massively lazy. And that's why I feel like it works better in the law than it did in the movie. Mm -hmm. I take that back. It works better in the law and the first movie than it did in two. Two was absolutely, mm. we'll get to it, but like yeah. the use of him in that was not... It didn't have the same. Je ne sais quoi. Yeah. I mean, Scott Derrickson had written both. He wrote and directed the first one, co wrote and co directed the first one. And then he just wrote the second one because he went on to do Doctor Strange. Um, ah. He was also responsible for The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is a film I absolutely love with. Oh, I De adore that film. Dexter's sister wife in it. Oh, um, Deborah fucking Morgan. Yeah. Um, and then he also did Deliver Us from Evil with Eric Banner in it. Um, oh, I've not seen in the it. Basement. Yeah, I've not seen it, but I've heard good things of it. It's 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 a movie. It doesn't take long. It's not really a, a brain engager. Yeah. It, it's it's just a traditional little horror movie. If you're looking for something to tickle your pickle for an hour and a half, crack on. Get a bit of Eric Banner. Yeah. Well, the idea came to the writer, who was C. Robert Cargill, yes. after he had a nightmare after watching The Ring. Yeah. I did see that, and uh, I saw an interview with him, and he basically said it was something to do with how threatening she was, even though she didn't do much. And he yeah. equated her to being very similar to the two other inspirations that he had for Buggle, which was Slender Man yeah. and Michael Myers, because he said the shape was very stoic. He doesn't move much. If you ever see him, he's not running. He's not exerting himself. It's basically, he just... He's mysterious. Things. Yeah, but yeah. People come to him. He doesn't really necessarily have to chase them. You know what I mean? It's like. Again, laziness. Um, <laughs> but the, the inspiration for the actual look. Now, I I research my arse off to try and find out makeup artists, design art. Like, and there's not a great deal out there. There's names, but there's nothing really attached to them. Mm. All I could find was the look was inspired, and I totally get this, and everyone's going to agree and scream, we fucking know this already. <laughs> but the uh, inspired by 90s black metal face paint, which you can totally fucking see just by the shadows, but heavily inspired by Mick Thompson from Slipknot, which, again, it's fucking obvious because mm. that it is, it's the whole look is is him but i'm not mad at that i actually really fucking like that i think for me when you actually break that wall and you google what nicholas king looks like in real life the guy who played him yeah he's a skater dude mm -hmm. he's got long long like blondie sandy colored hair back cap pulled up socks knee jeans you know, oh, we're, we're the early two thousands wrapped into proper, a person. Like, face fluff. We're talking Fred Durst slash 
with long hair you know kind of we're, we're in that that is bagul so when i saw him i was like <laughs> <laughs> you're not scary wow i you can't they've done a good job with how mm -hmm. they uh pre reproportioned him shall we say because <laughs> the facial features with the the the, the cheekbones being so prominent mm -hmm. and the chin being incredibly pointy and like you say the way they did the mick thompson makeup mm -hmm. well it, you can also see the black metal in there as well like the just the shaping of the like round the cheekbones and everything you can see where it's been inspired from yeah i mean if you watch there is a movie um for people aren't familiar with no norwegian black metal there is a movie called lords of chaos which is the true story of i'm not going to say their names but it's got kieran i think it's kieran or rory colkin one of those two in it who plays the lead guy now rory and kieran to me are the same person i'm 99 percent <laughs> them two are the same person um but yeah they're not but okay i am convinced they are <laughs> uh, I, you've got creepy colkin and then you've got the other colkin um, that doesn't help because the both fucking all three of them are i don't find macaulay as creepy but kieran and, and rory as they've got older i can't think i think it might be kieran he's the one that has the long hair all the time the one that was in screen four it's rory okay that's creepy colkin then yeah that's rory right. rory's creepy colkin kieran is is the kid in home alone and um, yeah. scott pilgrim versus the world he has like such a distinct look like, away from his brothers is kieran Ro the one that's in succession yes and yeah. rory so is rory's the one who has more of a, a look to macaulay than to kieran right okay but yeah, yeah. that one <laughs> one of them <laughs> is in lords of chaos is lords is of chaos about the churches yes it's about the burning down of the norwegian churches and the murders that took place within that oh, band so, so it if is you a want, really good film i i have not watched the film but i've done so many fucking deep dives with this story and mm. um, best one i can tell you is to go if you are interested in it best one is last podcast on the left did mm -hmm. a phenomenal take on the whole thing um it's 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 it is interesting if you if that like you're into kind of music yeah. and true crime it kind of like mixes the two together yeah. um but that but yeah. face paint is is right up the alley if you want to get a quick induction for about an hour and a half of uh Norwegian black metal slash makeup slash all that other gump true crime whatever Lords of Chaos I'm sure you could stream it somewhere but um it is a a bloody good film obviously it's in english it's not in norwegian mm, good. Uh, yeah it's it's good cheeky 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 bonuses so the look <laughs> so we know what the iconic i think to me i think bugle is an iconic looking character and i am shocked yeah. to shit that there is not merch out for him mass out for him um because to me he looks like the epitome of a really good fucking horror character well as you can see i normally would have something behind me that relates to the podcast nothing not a thing not a thing and it's a shame it really it really is a shame but that look was gonna look like willie wonka in the chocolate factory I <laughs> it was did gonna see that yeah it was gonna look the original this is not Skeff Derrickson this is the other writer this is Robert yeah. C Cargill 
he had this whole image in his head of a fucked up look and Johnny Depp like Willy Wonka style that's where and it, he said it just it came comical mm. when they were looking at it and needed to like rein it into what they were actually trying to achieve yeah because it was nowhere near I will say though they got it really they were very clever with it in the first one but there is that bit in the second one which you'll you'll know this because you've watched it five times but um <laughs> <laughs> there's this bit at the beginning where he's in the closet in number two yeah and, and you see Bagul just come from the blackness out of nowhere and do you know what that reminded me of mm. Bohemian Rhapsody beginning of the video and I couldn't get past it after I saw that I kept thinking is he gonna burst out into is this the real life <laughs> is this just fantasy and I was expecting his head to sort of go around like you know like that I couldn't get past it oh. then that was it I was done for the rest of the film I was like this is not gonna, <laughs> this is not gonna um yeah oh sorry I need to stop laughing stop I can't, I can't. <laughs> but yeah if you see that again he just fades from nowhere it comes out of nowhere shall I say he, and but then he has like, a he has a tendency for doing that in the second one not so much in the first one it's very clever how they introduce him in the first one because mm. the first one to me and to my husband is my husband loves this movie the first one that is he thinks it's an it, it's a a thought-provoking not your typical atypical horror character but has that iconic like kind of feel like look to him um this is probably one of the most interesting facts I have ever read about any any movie that we've done so far. So you probably are, you may have already read it because there's not a great deal of facts if you go and do your research on the Sinister Movies Bagul. In 2020, Forbes magazine conducted yeah. a study of science of the scare project. So what they did is they hooked a lot of people up to heart monitors. And they made them watch 35, 35 movies in total. This And this would determine, through their heart rate, which was the scariest movie. And what came out on top? Sinister. Sinister is classed as the most scariest movie ever made. People's heart rate ranging from 86 and spiking to 131. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, but I know why. Because if you look at your your basic movie, horror movie setup, you've got your 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 bad guy. Mm -hmm. You've got your clueless person that's just discovering it's all happening. But most of all, you've got the music. Now, the that one is, thing I will yeah. say about Sinister is that the, it, I love the fact it doesn't use singers, it doesn't use mm -mm. popular music. There is no um, pleasant little ditties. Nope, nothing. Um, you've got the, the the band, I think they're called Boards of Canada, did the, yes. the main song at the end called Gyroscope. And that song is like, it's being rewound. It's like, it's got this kind of, it's, it's almost like a tribal sound to it on top of being like a synth sound and being rewound and it's there's something about it it's really unsettling it like hits it hits nerves 
yeah the scene where Ethan Hawke first picks up the Super 8 films and he takes them he's in his office and the music's playing then that synthy music that it's really difficult for me to describe what type of music it is because it's some of the most uncomfortable fucking shit I have ever heard and I'd already read this fact before I watched it for like the millionth time and I was checking my heart I have a heart rate monitor on my watch and I was checking it and I, before the film started I was sitting at about 79 80 and when that music came on it was 98 i've i felt i could feel that sickening it's mm. it makes us feel sick because it's but making us feel uncomfortable that's the thing when i show me age when i was younger and i was at college back in my day i did a level music and the one thing that they taught us was do you have your minor and your major scale mm -hmm. chords now, if you write every pop song that you probably listen to right now that's happy and lovely is written in a major key. So it's all very like, la, 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 everything's pleasant. I like the sound of this. Minor chords, however, are more associated with sad, unsettling, uncomfortable music. And I mm -hmm. think that's what they they definitely latched on to that within the movie because when it worked in one but what they did with the stupid fucking record player oh. on two it didn't work i know mm -hmm. what they were trying to do but you didn't need the visual of the record player you you could have just done what happened with ethan hawk but yeah the first one for me it wasn't because it was being regurgitated in the second it was the approach they took in the second that didn't work for me but for the first one you're watching a guy who's drowning in in true crime. His life has been about writing about uh, crimes and getting his family alienated and ostracized from communities because he's written the truth about things. And he, he obviously wrote that number one selling book, that Kentucky Blood or whatever Ken it was called. Kentucky, um, Kentucky Killings or something? It was something like that. And um, I'd so, read it so would I they knew he was you know who he was when he turned up and I can't get over how dumb his wife is but oh oh so we moved to two houses down from a murder scene come Have on you love. met your husband do you know what he does for him did you not it's, think to google that it was it, yeah that yes do you do you not have the internet though the inkling <laughs> to go on the internet and it's the fucking tree as well that are not like you can take one look at that tree and go something happened there because mm -hmm. Some, something, something went on there yeah yeah i mean and i like the fact with he finds the super 8 camera he sits and sets it up out of curiosity probably i would never touch anything like that in my life if i saw it in the lot i'd be like nope burn it do you know Just, do you know what got me more than anything he knew how to set that up really quickly i'd be <laughs> sat there for fucking hours like hours it probably dears and yeah. he managed to like do do zip it up like i'm like no like that doesn't that doesn't work in real life no um it most certainly doesn't but you heard the I think it was the intro actually that set the tone for the entire film where oh, I, 100%. I hadn't seen anything open with something so in your face, you know, graphic um, in your face. Yeah, four people being hung from a tree 
um, on a Super 8, because the first movie used Super 8 millimeter, but the second film used 16 millimeter. That's why it didn't look the same. A, yeah. It, it had like a different quality, different texture to the to the um, the film. Um, but the Super 8 worked in the respect of how it didn't matter what year that they were in in those videos they all looked the same you only yeah. knew about the era because of the way they were dressed the fact yeah the, the time. their claws so i have the the list of the super eight movies the, the snuff movies so i've, we I've got... called them all my own names <laughs> so... okay so i've got pool party 1966 yeah uh barbecue 1979 yeah this one i couldn't figure out which one this was work 1986 is that the lawn one lawn work mm. maybe yeah it must be because the next one is sleepy time yeah. which was in 1998 and then you've got family family hanging out <laughs> clever uh 2011 and then house painting in yeah. 2012 which is the last one he took a bit of a break mine didn't he <laughs> there's like a well, big gap between 1998 and 2011 well if this is another thing which they do explain a bit more in the second one than they do in the first about how it can follow or it moves with the families to that house and then it doesn't go anywhere after they've died and then it guarantees it, it banks on the next family moving in and finding the videos for them to ah, watch so if the you video. Leave, so if you leave the videos alone, you're going to be all good. Basically, every house that had a killing, the people that moved into the, ne the house next died. But it wasn't in the same house. It, like, followed on across the country, if that made sense. So That's that right, because they had the ghost move. kids manipulating the little boys to watch the movie so they must be the ones who kind of which isn't something you don't see in the first one because obviously that is the big reveal at the end mm -hmm. um with the, the fact that spoilers the the kids are the one who's doing the actual killing yeah not I mean, him this i think that's what made the first film that reveal wasn't expected to a degree it was a harder thing to sort of you sat back and you went oh oh my god i mean firstly that's the first thought you know it wasn't like how the fuck did that five-year-old manage to get four people to hang from a tree by herself that wasn't the logistics of it wasn't something that you sort of went into because oh, you were so magic well, <laughs> that's the thing the movie was so good at keeping you in it yeah. the first one i didn't go there i was like mm -hmm. holy shit that's the kid and then it was like the second kid and then you know i never thought when there was the scene where the, the Rottweiler was staring at Ethan Hawke in the garden and the ghost kids were behind. I don't think we'd seen those kids, uh, the Super 8 versions, the extended cut, shall no, we say. We hadn't no. seen that at that point. So you, I just presumed they were like the victims in the movies. I didn't really pay well, attention. He, he actually he writes down on when he's watching the first video because he's writing notes and he asks where is such and such yeah so he's already asking the question he's but he's not really paying attention to what he's asking yeah like or asking himself 
But what I found really interesting, the movies themselves, when Ethan Hawke puts them on, that is his first reaction. Yeah. So it's one shot because they didn't want him to know what the videos, what they contained. Mm. They wanted an actual genuine reaction and they got it. Yeah. From, I mean, and you can see it. Like It makes the difference when you know that that's his genuine reaction because mm. he looks sickened. Yeah. The one that he looks the worst at for me was the lawnmower. The lawnmower one where he rides over the faces of his family. Oh, I mean, <laughs> his face then he, he genuinely looked like he was going to chunder and i was like oh i'm with you i mean i don't get grossed out and i don't but i just thought that's savage that that was like oh yeah no no but um i mean for me because the soundtrack matched the movie tension of the snuff movie so well I don't think you realised, if I'm right, because you were so preoccupied with the the shock factor, I suppose, of, of the little snuff movies. Um, mm -hmm. Bagul was technically in every single one of them, but you never noticed him except for the pool. Um, right. The pool one. So in the hanging, he's standing in the back in a bush. Um like if you oh, go through, right. okay. he's there in some way apparently. But the the pool scene was the one that I found really interesting because Nicholas King had to wear weights on his feet and he was underwater in full yes. makeup, full suit. So that shot you see where he looks up at the camera under the water isn't visual no. effects. It's it all practical effects. He's gone full. We're talking full makeup, mm -hmm. full clothes under the water. I'm going to apologise. I actually lost. My Bluetooth for a second. <laughs> Did I you? know. Did you mention the incident with the stunt coordinator by any slim chance? I did not. So I will leave that for you. <laughs> it's only because when I was telling Anthus, he was actually like outraged. So mm -hmm. that the the tree, like everything that's been done with the Super Eight movies, snuff movies, is practical effects. Yeah every single one of them including the tree scene and the you're gonna have to keep making noise to make sure i can still hear you by the way no, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> just yeah yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> um it shouldn't happen again <laughs> but um yeah so the stunt coordinator sets it all up because they're all initially on the floor and yeah. the branch lifts them up which is yeah. like i thought really clever but that's just me and my stupid brain um he botched it he botched it and then poor people were hanging for a very long period of time yeah yeah he nearly killed them mm -hmm. he he got sacked yeah very quickly would, after they got them down that would have been the appropriate response yes yeah yeah um, and was like are you what i was like yeah this is like michael j fox back to the future three hanging like mm -hmm. they were there for a long time they um also did the scene practically where at the pool party they were all attached to the uh the, the sun beds and they were yanked into the pool yeah uh one by one and they were they had a team of divers in the swimming pool so when they were yanking this the stunt guys in one by one they'd have an oxygen tank and they'd whack it on their face as soon as they got pulled into the water so that again was a hell of a you know a hell of a a setup for that 
that yeah. alone, I mean, you know, it's the going in the water with your head that way and then getting water up your nose. No, don't like it. It's the worst. <laughs> so imagine the force of that being pulled in and then having that water up your nose. You can fuck that. And then an oxygen tank on your face when you go. Yeah. And you're trying to get it out. Yeah. No, no. Um, Interestingly, I've just copped this on my piece of paper. Do you want to know the Rotten Tomato scores for them? Go on then. 63% for the first one. That's shocking. I would have thought it would have been higher. I would have thought it would have been a bit higher. Yeah. Because I generally think this is a, it's a, it's a good story. It's got fleshed out characters. It's got your main character who is dead. I, I find him very interesting. He's clearly, he's looking for that, that glory again. He, he says it's not about the fame. It's about the fame. Oh, of course it is. He got he so it. much attention from his, from his hit book that that's all he was bothered about. You look how giddy he got when so-and-so come in. I was like, oh, I left my uh, copy at the station. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He was getting, and then he got really weird when he came in, and he was like, "Don't look at all this stuff. This is private." And it's like, well, you've invited him in there, you silly. Forward. You wanted him to be in there, and just for anyone who hasn't actually seen the movie, um, the character is called So and So. Yeah, it's Officer So and So. Yeah, in the first one, he's not. So it's it's towards the end, but in the second one, he's called Officer So and So. Which is played by one of my favourite actors. I absolutely love him. And his name has completely escaped my brain right now. James Ransom. That's it. Thank you. It's Eddie. Eddie it's Spaghetti. Eddie Spaghetti from the second new Pennywise movie. It movie that came out. Go back and check out our episode we yeah. did on it. Go on. on it. Go on. I mean, stay here. Yeah, this not one. now. <laughs> but when you when you finish go much it yeah um he's also in midnight mass um oh is he i now see yes. i haven't watched midnight mass yet because I, it takes a lot for me to watch slow burners i have to be in a really good like, i have to give it the time it deserves yeah you need I, yeah you need to it's time not on your phone it's mm -hmm. time to you it's time for yourself really and i felt like that way i'm a huge mike flanagan fan i think the man is a fucking genius he's intelligent and, that's, oh. that's the thing about him. Yeah. His every choice he has is an intelligent choice. He's not just doing it for the sake of a scare or for the sake yeah. of a laugh. It is there because it's supposed to be there. Yeah. And that's what I like. Yes. And um how not how, how blah, 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 blah. haunting on mm. Hill House. Yeah, I, I think I had a mini stroke there. Haunting <laughs> on Hill House. Um, <laughs> I can lift my arms up, it's okay. Um, <laughs> Haunting of Hill House is a masterpiece, a masterpiece. And I hope we can find some element to put into Monsters for that. I'm um, actually friends with Robert Kurzman. I could never say surname, so I do apologise. Sorry, Robert. Uh, he did all the makeup on Haunted of Hill House. He did the Broke Neck Lady. Um, and he also did, he was one of the many Freddie makeup artists over the years. He's up there with V. Neil and, and Tom Savini for the, the characters he's done, but he's the lesser known guy. Um, but Robert, yeah, he, he's he, the, the work he did on The Haunting of Hill House for The Broke Neck Lady was amazing because 
when he was putting up little spoilers and teasers when it first came out and like behind the scenes pictures of how he got there. Mm-hmm. And it was just so interesting to look and watch. And he was like explaining his processes and stuff. And it was just, I was really sort of, yeah, you know, um, ah. yeah. So. Interesting. And mm-hmm. um, I just, I, I hope we can bring something to it because I love that. I love a TV show. But I wasn't so thrilled about Haunt, um, Blythe Manor. I, but. You, you put Elliot in anything and it's weird because he's Elliot. And even though he's a 50-year-old man, he's still Elliot. <laughs> Yeah, he also he was in he's he's he I get he's a Mike Flanagan actor because he's also mm. in uh, Doctor Sleep as well. He plays spoilers, uh, Jack Torrance, um, and he's brilliant. I think he was absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but Blythe Manor is like a it's a slow burner, but it's fucking it pays off. Mm-hmm. Wow, does it pay off? But yes, um, he's in Midnight Mass, and I have not getting round to watching it because that lovely website you advertised on your page the other day. Oh, hello. My cat's just walked in. Um, About the where you can go and find out. Oh, yes. About, yeah. That is that is my saving grace. <laughs> and it told me about the cat scene. Right. And I went, absolutely not. So I haven't gotten around to watching it. Hello, sweetheart. My cat's just woke up. I'm sorry. <laughs> she has literally been asleep all day. Um, so, yes. James Rance comes in that. I I could not forget. Remember my point there. <laughs> but um, a lot of people forget that Ethan Hawke and James have also been in an additional film, also directed by Scott Derrickson. It's also a Blumhouse movie, which is The Black Phone. Rance comes both... in that. Yes, he is. Yeah. Is he? I don't think he's for very long, but he is in it. Um, he's credited in it as well. Um, on IMDb. I've seen the film once. I've seen it once, so technically, um, I've 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 not seen it. So I, I but yeah. I have because it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say now, I am not a lover of Blumhouse. I am not someone who thinks we need to have a factory line approach to horror, which is what I feel like Blumhouse. Yeah does it's like bang, bang 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 we'll, we'll just warp out as many as we can and then what we'll do is because we don't really have that many good ideas we'll just reboot shit and that's it you know that that's the general in my this is my opinion obviously if you differ that's cool but the way i see it is there does seem to be this constant regurgitation or um not well thought out movies that they just bang out to get in the box office however you do get your hidden gems, you get your black phones, you get your sinister. Mm-hmm. And as you like on your birthday to watch one of the Blum houses. Yes, I do. <laughs> happy but, uh, Death Day. The concepts are there with Happy Death Day, with the first one. Um, and did you see the guy who directed that? Is I've just got the gig for Scream 7. Fuck um, no, I yeah. have actually got some videos saved because I saw it announced and I was like, oh, I'll watch them when I've got some time. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's today I think he got announced. But um, but yeah, diverting slightly, Blumhouse does often miss the, the boat for me a lot. But like I say, then it does... Sinister for me was, I would say, and I don't use this lightly, it was a bit of a modern masterpiece. It was a yep. 
a, a, an act it was it was just if you're someone who's interested in horror for, through the years and you've watched as much as you can and you you understand the tropes and you understand um the director's use of cin- cinematography and you yeah you have a you know you watch all that you'll see the little tricks they use in sinister that you you don't see in other blumhouse movies like uh sleepy time now the reason why they showed the movie in the reflection of his glasses instead of directly on the snuff film mm-hmm. like you would see all the others was because they were trying to still get that um pg-13 uh yes they were trying that... to go for a lower rating so by yeah. cutting that scene and not it not being as graphic as it being them having the throat slit you know um directly oh. in your view they were having it reflected in the, the glasses instead but that's a massive like you look back at argentino films mm-hmm. um argento argento sorry dario argento dario and argento um so if you look at his films he uses things like that if you watch sunglasses and stuff like that that the it it was it's quite a well used thing, but it it works for the purpose, and it didn't seem like it was just stuck in because they'd used it in a film years ago. It was used for a purpose, mm. and yes, okay, it was to reduce the the movie rating, but it, it you did uh, that's not where your brain went when you watched it, it. You were like, didn't help because this movie has no swearing, mm-hmm. no blood. Nope no sexual activity whatsoever and they still didn't manage to get the rating they wanted yep it's crazy <laughs> isn't it i mean the, the i think for me it's the combination of never seeing a film quite like that before and yeah. that's all horror people want it's something di- something different something what horror wants is a is a, is the a story yeah because we can be so lost in the kills mm-hmm. that the story is like, wah, wah. and this is such a solid story and how they fucked it up in the second one. I will never know. I will be- never understand. This is exactly it. And I feel like the reason why they fucked it up in the second one, well, there's two, they used the children as the main protagonists rather yeah. than the adult yeah um and then they decided to use instead of the way that they'd use the kids in the first one the the dead ghost kids they were silent um and they were there to show that he was harvesting them really but that that was it you know Mm -hmm. until the end reveal but in the second one they (laughs) this is the bit i didn't get because in the second one, they were making the twins watch the movies. Yeah. Um, and they were talking and they were um like kind of bullying the kids into watching them. And it was like, but that wasn't how it worked in the first one. As far as I know, the kid little kid didn't watch any of the films. No. And that well, that's what we're led to believe. But if you remember, there is a scene where the monitor is on and nobody's yeah. there. But what does that eat? What does that doesn't that that doesn't make that that's not going to make them twins do your bidding because you've scared the shit out of them yeah. with these snuff move snuff movies. 
it's ridiculous it was a ridiculous idea using the kids in a too much was a ridiculous idea it took you it didn't take you i mean i, I didn't want a carbon copy of the first one the first one did its job it was good it should have been left as a one part no sequel. one and done yeah just yeah. just give us that on its own great then the second one come out and basically from what i found out they said that they loosely based milo the the main kid ghost kid based on stephen king's book children of the corn they wanted a caleb type character you know i get um, that yeah i understand was it that. caleb was it caleb i think no. it's caleb i've never actually seen it i think it's one of my father-in-law's for like for favorite films he loves stuff like that i read it years ago and i've gone blank and i think i've gone like i could be completely wrong that that was his name but um I, I read it rather than watched it and um they loosely based that kid on him and i can see the kid in in my head i know exactly what he looks like oh so yeah i can see him in my third yeah, eye he's right there they didn't really go too far from that but they it was just shit. the yeah. second one it uh, and there's I no excuse for it there's easy ways for people to go oh that movie was well shit and that's not the what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. it had the makings it had the first blueprint it had so much it could have pulled from yet it chose to that all all it seemed like they wanted to do was you know like how Saul goes down that route of the bigger badder kills yeah you know, the more that that seemed to be what it was focusing focusing on rather than like I think that's a studio interference more than anything else because you can't tell me that the core writer of the first one co-wrote this one without studio interference. Now, I know the only studio interference on the first one is right at the end, With is the, the end credit scene, is the end jump scare. Mm -hmm. That's the only time Blumhouse stuck their nose in and went jump scare in there. Jason Blum can be a bit of a prick. I'm I have sorry, heard Jason, that, but yeah, you are because that was not needed. No, you you should have just left the first one. It, you know, Buggle walking away, carrying the kid off into the distance. Um, it, like he does that. Like what did they? I, I saw a pod, I saw a uh, a video that basically said, "Oh, he didn't aha take on me moment. He went from reality and jumped into the telly," and I was just like. I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah, it was a bit ridiculous. But it he worked. Does. But um, but isn't isn't that his thing as well? He he transfers himself through art. Yes, that's the thing I saw. It's his way of opening portals. Yeah, and that's the symbol dimensions. where the symbol comes because there is a he has a symbol, everyone, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's where the symbol comes from. It's to do with the art. It's a bit weird. It's slightly like the Mandalorian symbol, but with a bit more. Isn't it? with more. a bit more blood <laughs> with a bit more blood in there um yeah because i like the i like the sorry. idea that he could sorry i could just i like the idea that he, he transferred through media mm -hmm. like media technically media like art televisions computers i like that aspect i mean they said that they uh, chris the christians when he was out <gasps> hundreds of years ago basically asked they had them take down all the pictures of him and his brother because they were worshipped at one point obviously like we said at the beginning um and they had them the christians had them remove them all because they genuinely believed the children were getting hypnotized 
through looking at pictures that were on the wall of Bugle himself. And that was mm. then enticing the children into doing and committing the acts that they were doing. Well, as somebody who has been said to, I am the type of person that my friends don't like, right? Basically, what I'm trying to say is my friends don't like the idea of me talking to people in cults. <laughs> and I'm not referring to the nerdy up north one. I'm referring to actual genuine ones because they are actually worried for me that I would join one. I am so susceptible to people that I believe they're horseshit and I could be drawn into it. So I know if I'm back in them days, I am worshipping that fucking painting. I'm just going to ask you one question. Go on then. Tom Cruise isn't Jesus, is he? <laughs> I can't even think of the answer. If you were going to say yes, you're a scienceologist and you need to leave the room now. Honestly, I'm not doing no. I was tests. gonna go. I was gonna go down the Zeno. Zeno is it Zeno? You're a lizard person, and this is the oh world my. we're living in. And oh, oh, honestly, they are so worried because I am like, you, I can't walk past a charity without signing up for it oh, because this, like that's the Sam. type of person I am. And um, so they worry for my for my for myself that if a genuine cult came knocking on my door, I'm off there with a fucking tambourine. <laughs> like it's happening <laughs> i am midsummer in this shit <laughs> so if you don't answer my messages you've joined the cult good to exactly. know exactly exactly <laughs> i was looking so, at yeah the... i'm worshiping him by the way that's what a point i was making <laughs> well that's fair enough i mean yeah i mean I... I like to admit some crazy shit about myself on this podcast so why not tell you that one too <laughs> to be fair i wouldn't have been a christian i would have been a pagan anyway so i probably would have been somewhere in that wheelhouse so i can't really say too much with a tambourine um, i'm just too too cynical to join cults these days i'm just like don't tell me what to do <laughs> oh <laughs> and there's me going and now <laughs> and now there's lizard people and now you have to redo everything you've just learned and we're going to expect you to pay for your no i'm not going into that because they'll uh they'll get us banned from youtube and what's, what's the drink in the corner <laughs> Ooh, <laid. Let's> drink <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <What>? Bagul. <laughs> <laughs> now, can I just? This is something about the Kool Aid, right? How the hell were the kids spiking the parents with Night Nurse or Ecto Cooler or whatever that green light stuff was that was in the drinks? I Where don't, did they get it from? What I was don't it? No, I'm. I am guessing it's Ecto Cooler because was was that the eighties one? <laughs> yeah. So think of the times. I just, I saw it. It looked like something out of Futurama. It That's didn't the... look right. Yeah. No. It, it was mixed in his coffee, I think, because she kept bringing him coffee, didn't she? The kid, you saw the kid bringing him coffee and giving it to him. Um, but in that very last one, when he looks into it, it's like illuminous. And I'm like, that thing lights up the entire inside of the cup. How did you not notice you were drinking it? Are these like, are they trying to make the point that the parents weren't paying attention? Like, yes. Is that yeah, the, that the message they're trying to give out? Um, do you want to know the kill count? Do you want I to have know them. the kill count? Oh, I have right. Them. So maybe you might be able to explain it to us because I just wrote down the total. Yeah. I didn't get the rest of them. <laughs> um, so I got, got the total as 54. All right. See, I've got different. But mm. then I, I just watched one of those, uh, the guy that does, 
some guys might know it is it, the channel's called dead meat um and they're on youtube and they literally that all they do is kill counts oh on no i did not know these oh, okay at least i know where to go to now <laughs> but it runs you through every murder in the in the movie um from one to however many and then he shows you the average so ah, in the first one i've got 20 kills in the first movie um which averages out at one every five and a half minutes but not one again is done by a bagel no he is a he is a fucking cult he's a charlie manson fucking wannabe we have him at our lowest kill count over all of our podcasts <gasps> he ties with the bride at zero Wow. Zero kills. Okay. Because the kids are already dead when he takes their souls. So. But who killed them? But that's the thing. They never show it. So I really don't know. Because in a part of that scene, they, they, they killed their family. Who the fuck killed their. Hmm. But in saying that, technically, maybe he killed one at the end of the second movie. Uh, he turns the one of the twins into dust. But then, you know, when he doesn't quite... Well, no, you didn't see this bit, did you? Basically, one of the did twins... Yeah, <laughs> one of the twins... Um, there's a swapsy that goes on halfway through. Uh, the main kid decides it doesn't want anything to do with it. And the brother gets angry and beats him up and says, I can see him too. I want to... I'll do it. And he's I'll know which twin videos. it is because he's the little shit who kept punching the soft one. Like not, not soft, but he was very kind natured. Yeah, that one. Um so he ends up making the video. He deserved it. Uh, <laughs> and the I've just remembered at the end, Buggle puts his hand on his shoulder because he fails. The kid fails making the snuff movie. Um James Ransom knocks the 16 mil out of his hand and it smashes into pieces on the floor so he fails um so you see bagul putting his hand on his shoulder and then him just sort of disintegrating into dust so technically yeah that would be one that you actually see so i'll take that back it's not a zero it's a one for well, charles manson two. killed one so he is like on the mm. Mm. yeah going for the same unwashed hair look as well it could cult cult like you got everyone else to do everything for him yeah. but yeah it's um yeah it's it's over 110 minutes i think that first film runs for so five average of 5.5 kills in the first one he doesn't kill a single person that you physically see him kill in those 20 kills wow. so they wow. were all the children all the children but who's killing so. the children? I don't care. I can't believe that's a question. This question, this movie <laughs> does open up more questions when you actually talk about it. When you're watching it and you're in it, you are fucking in it. Yeah. But when you then sit back and go, who the fuck killed them kids? If he didn't kill them, who the fuck killed them kids? Exactly. Because you don't see it happen. You don't know. No. You just see them constantly running away from him when they, you know, when he appears. So, Obviously, I'll be sitting in the chat on Monday. So if you guys know, mm -hmm. you tell us because I need to know who killed them kids. I think it would technically be him. It has to be. You don't see it happen, therefore it well, doesn't happen. It doesn't count as a part of the kill count, apparently. Wow. So, Just because it, 
Is it something to do with their souls? He is the eater of children and he eats their souls. So what he does is he takes them into the netherworld. <sighs> so technically, from what I can gather, he's just putting them in a different dimension or the netherworld or wherever you want to call it. Right. So they're okay. not technically so we're not, dead. We're not looking at a, at, a, at a normal kill here. We're looking at something. Oh, my God. We're looking at something biblical, something different, something Supernatural. Paranormal. Yeah. Yeah. Supernatural. That's the thing I'm looking for. And that makes that makes sense. In the second movie, they do one more kill. I've got 21 kills for, oh. for the second movie. So in what was the total? That's 41 in total. Still doesn't beat Clara <laughs> <laughs> Nothing does. That man was savage. <laughs> he's at the top of the list and it's going to take a hell of a lot to knock him off yeah i also heard a rumor that uh boris karloff was <laughs> asked to play bagul given oh. the size and everything and he just said no i'm sorry i'm dead yeah well it's a fair enough excuse to be a... exactly i, I, I use that one it. quite a lot when people ask me to do things i say sorry i'm dead <laughs> i've been dead a long time <laughs> um <laughs> but the 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 21 kills is based over 97 minutes so it's 13 minutes shorter the second film than the first film um but because it has that one extra kill it averages a kill every 4.33 minutes which are which is quite a lot but obviously it's not worked out that way because they kill in every snuff movie they kill five or six people so well, you get that. I was, yeah. I was going to watch a, I was watching some YouTube videos where, and it was going over the same thing. Yeah. He is an ancient Babylonian pagan deity. Vincent D'Onofrio only really tells you the stuff that you need to know about him. Mm-hmm. And there was one video on there that said, how does Bagul eat children? And I didn't watch it. And I feel that that would have explained the kids and their death. I think I did too the same thing. Skip past that one. I, I vaguely remember seeing it. It's yeah. When you I, I type in Bagul documentary, mm-hmm. and that was the first thing that one of the first ones that came up. And I, I don't know why, but the title of it kind of put us off. But... <laughs> I can't imagine it gets many views for that title. No, but it. Oh, they should rename it because if it's going to explain how the children are no longer you know on this on this earth anymore that would have been excellent to know and um, i didn't actually say that sinister 2 scored a grand total of 14 percent on rotten tomatoes that's accurate yeah i think that's yeah. generous, <laughs> I think but that's so generous. That, and the thing i don't get right is the first movie um it probably was when Blumhouse was in its infancy. So it was 2011. So really Blumhouse hadn't done a great deal. I, I'm not big on when they started out, but you know, we're, we're talking, it's in the early days of Blumhouse. They were only given $3 million as a budget for the first movie. And I'm guessing a third of that went to Ethan Hawke. I, 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 you know, hey, he was worth every fucking penny. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I think a third of that was definitely down on 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 wages for the for the actors and stuff because really, 
the only thing that I could see being exceptionally expensive would be the stunts. The stunts, yeah. I think a majority would have gone into that because you've only, if you really look at it, you're only looking at one location. Mm -hmm. Vincent D'Onofrio yeah. is done on a video camera. And he's uncredited as well. He's not credited as a role. I did not know role. that. Yeah. But he, um, they actually made from that film uh, for the gross box office, which, because I love my numbers, 87.7 million they made. Wow. So 84.7 million profit they made on that movie from the budget for making it. What so the fuck? That's a hell of a return. That's a massive return. And do you know what? Fucking deserves every penny. Honestly, for such a modern film, I remember when me and Anne first watched this and we, the minute we finished it, we were like, I feel like I've just watched a fucking horror film. Like I, I feel like I've watched like a genuine horror film. Like that's so, and it was different. That's what we're missing as horror fans, as as people that are constantly chasing that. I don't even know if it's the scare or the fear or the whatever it is that thing you get from watching a horror movie. I would say Sinister is probably one of the very few movies. Whilst it didn't scare me, it still left an impression. Like it, I never got pulled out of the movie watching it. I was in it from beginning to end. The mm -hmm. music creeped me out. It just the whole thing was so well done. So with the success of the first one, they gave the second one nine million dollar budget. Now I'm not sure where they spent that budget, mind, but they gave it a nine million dollar budget. Now <laughs> there is a kill that they do, which there was a bit of hoo ha about because. This movie came out in 2015 mm -hmm. um, and it was called the pentagram kill at the end where they get the rats in the hot bucket on the stomach. All right. And they get ah. basically rats crawl in the body. Ah. And yep. out. Now, they ripped it off of an episode of Game of Thrones in season two called yes. The Garden of Bones. Okay. So here You'll we go. You know about this. Go here on. we go. <laughs> I thought this would be one you'd like. It's in Heron Hall. It's the it's a torture method that they use on the captures at Harren Hall. Um, Arya is just about to have pro said procedure done because they're trying to get information out of them, and they put the bucket on the stomach and the rat in the bucket, and they heat the bucket up at the end. Yes, <laughs> that's fucking horrific. Yeah, so there was this hoo ha because they said it was very very close to when. That episode came out to it was about a year or so mm. um, before they filmed it, and they were like, "This, it's not. Where did you get this idea from? It's not been shown in anything recently, you know." So there was a bit of a plagiarism row to a, to a degree that went on when that, that. It's a medieval torture thing, like it that surely that would have been used in some other. You can't you can't put a claim on that. But I think Who it was more so the fact, <laughs> I think it was more so the fact it was coincidental that it had been used so soon yeah. after it was used in Game of Thrones and it proved quite a controversial scene to a degree um in that. But <laughs> yeah, they only made fifty four million. Oh, only. Well only <laughs> Well that's only a return of forty five. So if you look at yeah the difference between the, the the return on 85 million to 45 you've lost 40 million dollars in one movie 
And but that is only because of the strength of the first one. That you are only watching the second one because of how fucking good the first one is. You are right. not watching it for any other reason. And you stick to the end because you've thought, well, if you like <laughs> unless yeah. you're like me, who watches halfway five times and then thinks, <laughs> right, I've had enough. I can't do this again um, and turn it. it off. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I, it's the the main actress in it. Um, we were saying before we came on camera, I kind of stand that. She's got one of those faces. I just want to punch. And her southern accent was doing my tits in. Ruder Baker, watch. Get out. Yeah, just go. The that, that, that... Oh, go on. One of the kids' real names in real life, because they're real brothers, uh, was D'Artagnan in real life. Shut up. His real name is D'Artagnan. The I think it's the weaker brother, if we're going to go there and call him that. The you know the the nicer kid, the softer natured one. Yeah, D'Artagnan is his real name. That is fucking class. What's his brother called? Steve. <laughs> I think it is. It's, it's something really boring, like. John or Paul or not that they're oh, boring. That's not what I mean. I mean compared but to in compared to oh my god, yeah, he's gonna be something less. Honestly, John and Paul, I know many of you, your name aren't boring, but in comparison to D'Artagnan, you go to the effort of giving one kid that name and then you give you've the got, other yeah, kid you've, Steve. It, you've I got to match that you've got to match that energy. Ah, oh, that name is fucking class. But yeah, when I saw that, I was like, did I read that right? Rewind. What did that say? Oh my god, that really is his name. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I didn't do you know what? I for a, a movie that had a lot of children in it, they didn't annoy us. I, Second I one didn't... annoyed the shit out of me. Did it? Mm, the kids. I, I, they talk too much. It's like there's a lot of dialogue. It. I don't yeah. want to see you talk. The whole purpose of the ghoul is mystery hey, why would he go to the the lengths of getting five kids to get one kid to to film another film so he can just eat one kid it, yeah i know that's his pattern but it just getting the the way that they use the kids to get that kid involved i thought was just really bizarre choice just mm. a bizarre choice yeah, mm. you've got to think. Why has this movie got me thinking? I never like. I've seen Sinister so many times. It is a movie that I go back to, um, and I'm not going to lie. It's not because of Bagul, even though he is a, a monster this week. It is Ethan Hawke. Like I absolutely adore that man. I think he is just making the best choices. Blackthorn was fucking phenomenal. Was it? Daybreakers? What was that vampire film he was in? Oh, fuck yes, with um, Danny Houston. Uh, yeah, I think so. Where they're uh, in Alaska. No, uh, Daybreakers was the vampire film where you, it was common to be vampires. Oh, um, was that Christian Slater? It might have been with him, yeah. Uh, the Basically, people who weren't vampires were the outcasts um, and they were all living in these big houses and... I can't remember if something like that, but I, I remember specifically Ethan Hawke being in that. But then Ethan Hawke again was in The Purge. The Purge is a Blumhouse <gasps> yeah. movie, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And The Purge won. 
I like it. He, Don't he, get he wrong. The first I've, one, yeah. I've not seen the many sequels that follow afterwards and TV shows, video games, uh-huh. whatever uh-huh. else came out of that franchise. Don't I watch. I am the first. I just uh-huh. watched the one. Uh-uh. Um. Oh, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> Black Phone. Yes. I was just going to say Black Phone. Such a good fucking choice for him. Like such a good choice, and it was the one film where I've. I have allowed myself to buy the book with him on the front. Normally, I don't do books with the movie, yeah, like reference on it. I kind I try to stay away from it as much as I can. But I thought, no, I want him on. I want him on the front cover. I'm happy for that because he's yeah. mint and he is so good in Sinister. He he plays that writer. It's the writer. It's not the true crime part, but it's the writer in him. And he plays that so well, that fame hungry, because writers must get a thrill, like a, a different high than what you get when a movie does well or a TV mm. show does well. Because you can get a hint of that before it happens. You get, you can have previews, you have trailers, you get an idea of it. But for a writer, that must be such a different high when you, yes, you can give you a synopsis out. But when people are really, really going to enjoy it, that's that's the high. I liked it. Did you know that the box of videotapes and the, the cine camera actually appears in Insidious 3? It's a little Easter egg Blumhouse stuck in there. Why do I um, feel like I did read that? It's in the netherworld, apparently. You know, when he flips over into the other side. Um, um, disclaimer, I have only ever seen the first one. <laughs> but it's in the third one. However, they also went through a phase of toying with crossing Sinister with Insidious. Um, and they were going to call it. Go on. Uh, I've written it down. Hang on. In Sinister. Fuck yeah. That is um, metal as fuck. Uh, they shelved it because Sinister 2 flopped. But There's they a were going to. They were going to do a crossover at Blumhouse. So. I would be intrigued. I haven't seen Red Door or whatever this one's called, the new one. No, I, I'm sitting there saying, oh, I can't wait for the new Insidious movie. It's like, Sam, you need to go and watch two to whatever to get <laughs> to that point. <laughs> you can't just rely on the first one. Um, I think the, the reason why I, I want to, I, I love the idea of this new one is purely because um, the music that was released for the end credits, which is Patrick Wilson and Ghost singing Stay by Shakespeare's sister. I heard that. Mm-hmm. I'm, not fan. I'm not a ghost fan. I'm not a ghost fan. Peaches absolutely adores them. Mm. Um and I just I've just not I've not I've not getting there yet. Yeah. Just, I, it's I'm one of those still... things. I mm-hmm. genuinely wasn't a big, big fan and then Last year, I went to see him live uh, in Birmingham, and it completely changed my mind. It they are Tobias Forge, what he can do. Oh, what a name! I know this is amazing, isn't it? It's one man's vision, and he basically orchestrates the whole thing. He plays as many uh, instruments on the recordings, so what you hear is one mm-hmm. man that has a guesting guitarist or something like that on the track that plays the parts he can't play but he is ghost one man it's just one man i thought it was like a whole well this is what he does when he goes on tour 
he gets a bunch of musicians called the nameless schools and they all wear masks so you don't know who they are and they've rumored to have been had uh dave Grohl play for them they as one of the guitarists um that literally a laundry list of like huge musicians have played rumored to have played with ghost as a name of school with the with the mask on that so, is fucking incredible but they're a piss take if you Tobias oh, I Forge. didn't know that. Yeah, Tobias Forge is basically, um, he's a Satanist. He's like your Anton LaVey jobby, but he takes the piss out of the church. The whole thing is a piss take out of organised religion. Um, their music isn't anything like you think it's going to be. When you take one look at Ghost, you're like, oh, it's going to be all death metal. And yeah, I thought no. I, Yeah, I thought synthy, gothy. Um, I think my head goes straight to early 2000s. I'm at Whippy Goth Festival and I'm listening to some synth goth shit. No, it is basically like the latest album, Imperia, has like uh, Iron Maiden in... Uh, it, like It has Iron Maiden vibes. It's got like Boston vibes in spillways. You can hear so many like... Eight, uh, 70s, 80s rock band influences. I had no idea. Honestly, go and listen. They did a cover of, they do covers quite a lot. Um, but they recently just released out a band, uh, an album of covers and they've covered We Don't Need Another Hero by Tina Turner, Phantom of the Opera by Iron Maidens on there. Um, and what would be a good starting point? Do you think Messages of the Clergy? Um, I wouldn't go chronologically. I, I really like Spillways is one of my favourites, and I don't know why. It's just one of those real, like, catchy in-your-ear songs. But um, Rob and okay. me, we've actually got a, a song that Ghosts do that we're probably going to have played at our wedding, which is called Darkness at the Heart of My Love. And it's it's like... That is my, goth as fuck, that. It is, but it, it's it's a love song. But oh. all of their songs are just so... They... Um, Ghost also had the outro track on Halloween Kills, I want to say. it was, Or was it Halloween? Oh. I... The middle one, whatever the middle one was for the Kills? new three. Ends? Kills? Kills, I think it was. Yeah, Hunter's, Hunter's Moon is called. That's a pretty oh. good one. And they also, Dance Macabre is a really upbeat. They're, they're okay. Just, Peaches like... always talks about them, but she never, she never sells it. Yeah. She always just said, I've been to see Ghost. It was fucking incredible. Yeah. And that's all I get. She never sells it to us. It's just one guy constantly reinventing a new pope. Like, he'd kill off the character and then ha comes out as a new pope. Right. And then kills off that and then kills off, like, he's, a, he's on a I need to get on this. I've, honestly, <laughs> I've just, I had to get my own Spotify because I used to share ants. Yeah. And you know when it does the end of year thing? Right. And it's like, you've been listening to this, this and this. Anthony last year got, you've been listening to Ice Nine Kills for 365 days of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Your top album is Ice Nine Kills and the silver screen. <laughs> uh, your top song is Ice Nine Kills. He was fucking raging. <laughs> so he made me get my own Spotify so we can have less of that. I yes, listen, Ice Nine Kills. Yeah. I listen to nonstop Ice Nine Kills. It is ridiculous. The, am the amount of times I have listened to one album is stupid. And the fact that Spotify had literally said, for 365 days, you have listened to Ice Nine Kills. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'll, I might take a break. 
yeah. and uh, change it up a bit. Well, you know Justin Hawkins from The Darkness? The Darkness. He has his own YouTube channel called Justin Hawkins Rides Again Again, and he hailed Call Me Little Sunshine, which is one of Ghost Song's, one of the best written um, guitar parts that he'd ever heard because he said it, you look he was the same as you he said you take one look at them and you think it's going to be a certain way and then when they start playing you're like holy shit well see i should have known that from the cover song from the insidious movie because that was not what i was expecting at all yeah um yeah but i'm we, gonna give them a try we knew that patrick wilson could sing because obviously we covered that in the phantom of the opera episode go back and watch that go back and watch that um where i mean again after you've finished watching this one yes go back and watch yeah (laughs) go back i mean please stick please stick around for this one that would be that'd be nice yes because bagul's gonna sing bohemian rhapsody to you at the end of the movie Oh, at the end of this podcast, Michael's yeah. going to come out of the screen <laughs> singing <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I really wanted to do this this monster. I didn't realise at the time that there's not a lot of information out for him. Yeah. But I like the idea that we've included him in our pantheon of monsters because I generally feel like he needs to be more of that iconic horror character i genuinely need think that if they could do i don't want to call it a third movie maybe an adjacent film maybe yeah. not even sinister as it's supposed to be like sinister Bug, on its own the early right. ideas <laughs> this movie could be called Bagul. i don't know they could do another one but they could utilize his backstory they yeah. could bring more lore into it because it's it's there there is this the backstory with moloch they could do something with all that they can, it, they can take it so 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 fucking supernatural it would like, be to... a totally different film to the first but it would get you to a point where you could appreciate how he became who he was to get mm-hmm. to the point you know i feel like they they wanted to sit on that um anonymity with him so much that yeah. they didn't want to use him so much which they did well in the first one they only used him when they needed to second one boom 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 but he was there 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 time. there 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 you, yeah. you, you, any jump scare you get is going to be through him yeah it, but yeah. the first one is a mystery i mean i shit my pants and i don't know how many times i've seen it when you first see him in the pool when you realize yeah. he's there i loved the bits where the laptop was open and ethan hawk was turning around and he was moving because mm-hmm. you knew it was going to happen, but still, when it happened, you're like, Ooh. "Oh, yeah." You, I mean, it's like again, it's a trope that happens in in the movies. You know, you come to expect it, but you you think to yourself, "Oh, it's not going to happen." And then when it happens, you're like, "Oh no, didn't like no. that." Yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, it works, and and that's therein why I don't think I've covered why I think he's a good monster or a bad monster. I think have had they have given us more of him yeah more of his backstory more of his lore or a movie just dedicated to that then i would be able to make a definitive answer 100 percent yes or 100 percent no but as it stands not in the movies but yes in the law yeah i i 100 agree with that i always put him in the category with art from terrorizer i always thought art was such an amazingly 
looking iconic when you're thinking of icon characters i put art up there and i put bagul up there too and unfortunately art has managed to have a successful whether or not you like it or not it's still been a successful second movie bagul never got that no i will say i'm gonna say something incredibly controversial now that people will not like but i hated the terrifier movies I'm not saying I didn't like Art the Clown. I just didn't like the way that Damien Leone shot the movies to make them look like they were really low budget and they were based in the 80s and they were like those um, terrible worn out cassettes you used to watch. I hated but it, it. it. didn't. But it didn't look like that. But the what actresses like, couldn't fucking act Oh, they were either. fucking terrible. No, and it I was don't, like... I don't like the Terrifier movies either. I really, really don't. I think he did so well with the concept and David Howard Thornton as as art. I think he is perfect. He is a he is a great horror character. And the bits aesthetically in in Terrifier 2 where he does the kill um with the bleach and the graters and the the whole thing on the bedroom. That is beyond anything. That is really visceral and really, really like holy shit, he went there and then he'd do some more and he'd even do some more and some more again and you'd be like... <laughs> and I stuck with it because I wanted to see how fucked up he could get. It wasn't anything to do with the girls yeah. or the actors or the kids. I couldn't give a flying fucker whether they survived or not. I don't care. It was him. shit. No, I um, just wanted to see how... Yeah. I just always put them two in the same category. Um, just characters that didn't really get a chance. Like they think... were good, but they didn't get a chance, kind of thing. And unfortunately, I don't see us ever getting Bagul Johnson back again. Well, Terrifier's been greenlit for three now, so yeah. So yeah, after the so... right strike, I think they'll probably be. Um... I hope Blumhouse pulls them back out and does something really special with them, but. If they do, you know fine well what's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. going to be another... <sighs> it's that look of Blumhouse. I don't get it wrong. And sometimes I really like it and sometimes I don't. They all have a look. Mm-hmm. 100%. And... You know it's a Blumhouse. Yeah. But sometimes it works for me. Um, the Insidious movies. Love them. Happy Death Day. First Fucking Insidious. First Insidious, yes. Now the yes. kid's 22. Is it? The place Dylan is 22 and he is the adult in this new insidious movie that kid that was in the coma is now a grown-ass fucking oh man god i got all these movies have been going he on can for. he can legally drink in america exactly. he's definitely grown up that um yeah I, need to go and, I do love the first one but again it's got it's got blumhouse blueprint written like it's ingrained in it happy death stages too but i still love it um have we got any more to cover on bagul johnson sadly not <laughs> Um, the origins of his surname are very interesting. Um, until today, I wasn't aware that that was his surname, but... Um... I am not joking, people. If you want to just type in Bagul, you will get... There is so much like horror Wikipedia stuff on him, mm-hmm. but it's the same shit. It's the same mm-hmm. thing over and over again. They really do um, like to spread out ancient Babylonian pagan de- deities. <laughs> They, they like to they like to spread that out. Um, but in one of them, it has Bagul in brackets, Johnson. I've got I'm not Wikipedia for people to change it. <laughs> I want to go on there and change it to um, Smith. 
Smith or, or it's just something really ridiculous, like insert um, haberdashery being a surname <gasps> or something. Just change it to something really stupid. I like but, that. That's, that's so ridiculous. It is. Johnson Johnson's. isn't a ridiculous surname in any context whatsoever. Same Absolutely not. Ginger. But if you're talking about pagan deities, <laughs> I'm not expecting Johnson <laughs> to be written after it. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, you look, Jason Voorhees, Freddy <gasps> Krueger. Michael um, Myers. They've got, like, the very names. Bagul Johnson. Johnson. He sounds like he works down the fish and chip shop. It's just... <laughs> that's just... <laughs> it, it's, it's, I'm laughing so hard because it makes no goddamn fucking sense. It really doesn't. I tried my fucking hardest with this episode, and they go and give me Bagul Johnson. <laughs> like, you can't write this shit. They have, and they did, and, and this they is did. where we are. <laughs> so. yeah. And this is where we are going to end this week's yes. episode. Um, I realised halfway through this mm -hmm. that I know you're we say. have not decided next week's episode. <laughs> We meant to, and we got sidetracked. <laughs> oh, just talking, me talking shite as usual beforehand. Totally it's forgot. So it is. It's the Johnson. I will. I will announce on Monday in the live chat as you are watching this. Yeah. As I will. I will. Down I will. Down there. That's down there. It down flips. There. Does he flip me? Yeah, I think. I think it's down that side now. Well, where am I? I don't know. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> I will announce it on Monday. I will announce it as you are watching this right now in the mm -hmm. chat what next week's episode is going to be. And I promise you, people, it's going to be a good one. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good one. Um, thank you very much for joining us today. And thank you for joining us every Monday at seven o'clock on YouTube. Um, what was I going to say? It was something along the lines of, oh, yes. You can find this on YouTube, but you can also find us on our own little sub-bit. It's not subcategory, because if you search Nerdy Up North into Spotify and iTunes, no, if you type in Monsters Up North, fuck me, I am tired. Um, <laughs> if you type up Monsters Up North in iTunes and Spotify, you will find us. And you will find our latest episodes. Hi there, we're there. Hi. 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 Um, so yes, you will find us and you'll find all our back catalogue and you can listen to some greats like Phantom of the Opera, Pennywise, Jigsaw, yes. um, Bagul yes. Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> if the artwork for this hasn't got Johnson in brackets right now on it, I'm going to be so disappointed. Johnson. Um, <laughs> so yes, thank you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for sticking with us. With this episode, we we tried our best. I feel like I had a good time. I like talking about the sinister movies. I just well, not the second one, first one, not the second one. Get in the bin. Get in the get in the sea. Get in the um, sea. So yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, no, Dan. No, thank you. Oh no, thank, thank you. You. Thank you, and thank you, and remember, like, share, and subscribe. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. So. Until next week, stay nerdy, everyone. Bye-bye.